Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with me, Chris Bright. Every week, I'll be speaking with a church leader about ministry strategy and getting to grips with not just what they do, but the thinking behind why they do it. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Uh, my interview guest today is Tony Morgan. Tony is the founder and lead strategist of the Unstuck Group. Started in 2009, the Unstuck Group has served over 500 churches throughout the United States and several countries around the world. Previously, Tony served on the senior leadership teams of three rapidly rapidly growing churches, including New Spring Church in South Carolina. He has five published books, including uh, The Unstuck Church, and he hosts the Unstuck podcast, uh, which has thousands of listeners each month. Uh, Tony is a great friend of Thinking Church, and I was really blessed to be trained by Tony in the Unstuck process. So we are so grateful uh, to you, Tony, and the Unstuck group's impact on Thinking Church. Tony, it's great to see you. Well, it's good to be with you, Chris, and thank you for inviting me to today's conversation as well. Brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm excited to, to dive into this because uh, you've been doing a whole lot of work around uh, team health, church health, staff health. I'm just would love to really dive into that and get some, uh, mm-hmm. get your thoughts on it. Uh, so your your latest uh, Unstuck Health report, uh, you've surveyed many church leaders and staff around the areas of uh, personal team and organizational health and performance. And the scores are actually quite encouraging. We've got mm-hmm. somewhere between the kind of 6.9 and 7.6 out of 10. Uh, what do you think has contributed to to these quite healthy looking scores? So Chris, yeah, it, it was actually encouraging for me to see the results of the survey. And by the way, that included, I think we had in total over 1,100 church staff people take that assessment. And that included churches represented not only in the US, but also Canada and the UK, uh, among other countries. I think there were a handful of other countries involved as well. And so to see this representation of response across all these churches in all parts of the world was very encouraging to me. And this may be a theme of our conversation today, because when you ask why were the responses so high, I was honestly a bit surprised by that. Just uh, we all, of course, have experienced so many disruptions over the last couple of years, and that's impacted us individually in many different ways, but also certainly has impacted churches in many different ways. But I think the reflection of these actually encouraging results when it comes to team health and performance may be linked to this this sense of we're, we're experiencing unique challenges together. None of us have ever experienced this. The challenge is very clear and I'm wondering, Chris, if because of what we've experienced, this just kind of reinforced that sense of mission and calling as far as church staff members are concerned, pastors and ministry leaders and so on. Um, And that's kind of, it's kind of brought unity of purpose to the team again. And so even with all of the challenges, the disruptions that we've experienced, that has actually helped unite the team, which is actually then as a result of that, staff leaders who have taken the assessment are acknowledging actually we're, we're doing pretty well. I'm, I'm doing pretty well individually, 
and our team's doing pretty well uh, too. And that could just be because together we're, there's, there's a real battle in front of us and we we're all kind of a lo locking arms and trying to tackle that together. So I don't know. I don't know what's driving that necessarily. We'll get into some more specifics of different sections of the assessment that looked at different different aspects of what we, of the questions that we asked. But overall, I think it might actually link back to the sense of we're we're on a significant mission together, and the challenge is very evident. And because of that, the the team is actually in a pretty good place right now, given all that we've experienced. Yeah, I, I really think you're right, because when you think about, you know, what happened during COVID, you know, th there might have been lots of churches that were sort of drifting in their mission and even just, you know, having a, a, a mm -hmm. common goal. And suddenly, you know, lockdown hits and hang on a minute, this Sunday, we've all got to get a plan together. And nothing galvanizes right. a team like a, that sense of like that common goal of hang on a minute you know, all of our services are having to stop. And now, you know, you're going to a very short focus, short week by week. And I think there's something that's really interesting about that, that being able to galvanize around something that's um, that's very immediate is actually a really interesting thing. And it's just how we can now extrapolate that to longer term goals, because I think that's been the problem beforehand is that longer term things feel a bit more, have been a bit more kind of drifting in a church mm -hmm. context and you know the the immediate things you know we've always had sundays always coming but sundays is always coming and but with covid it kind of created this new everything is new so we've all got to you know work together teamwork's going to be really high in this yeah. moment and uh yeah i think it's i think it's fascinating to see what happens especially in the uk with uh the restrictions being lifted now whether that's uh, that drift starts to happen again, uh, whether that happens again or whether we get back into a, or whether we can keep that sense of, of team. And actually, actually, it's probably a good chance to, to look at uh, the team health part of uh, of your reports. And, um, and interestingly, the, the numbers were, were quite healthy on yes. there. Um, what do you think leads to better team health and, and and you know to get that number to go up you know if you you know for for people where they feel, feel like they've got a really strong team health what are the things that do you think that make that number go up higher yeah so the overall unstuck teams assessment is actually in six different key categories one of them being team health as you've just indicated and in each of those six categories we asked 12 questions around 12 different different indicators and what was fascinating about the team health section is that the highest scores were actually connected to both how teammates are caring for each other and then also a sense of my leader is caring for me personally as well and so I just thought this is uh, fascinating it's I think actually tied to some biblical principles that we see as well where you know, we're commanded to love God and love others. And when that actually happens in practice, then, especially within the context of our teams, where we're thinking of each other, caring for each other, and that becomes the priority over my own self-interest, it actually elevates the overall health of the team. And when that happens, my suspicion is it actually helps our personal health as well. So it was fascinating to see how, again, I would have just suspected, Chris, in the, in the middle of everything that we've experienced in the last couple of years, that team health would have taken a hit. But in reality, we actually saw 
people view their current health as a team to be very positive. And a lot of it is linked to how people are caring for each other, including specifically how leaders are caring for their teams, which says a lot too about leaders in the church on, on our staff teams. Again, think about pastors or different ministry directors, ministry leaders on our staff teams. It, it, the sense is looking at the information we received from the assessment that leaders actually stepped up during this season and are leading their teams well by first really being sensitive to the needs and caring for those that are on their team. So very encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, really, really encouraging. It's so interesting looking at the results, the, the lowest score, which was the, the kind of 6.9, which is really still not, not that low, really. But the lowest right. one was uh, organizational systems and structure. Uh, the, I mean, it's interesting to sort of dive into that and to think, think about what are the systems and structures that, that lead to, to greater health? What, what are those ones that, that churches should be thinking about when they're thinking about, okay, how can we get better systems and structure to have that really kind of healthy organizational system structures and, and things like that? That's a good question. And so uh, just diving into that particular section of the assessment, if we were to look at the lowest scores in that area around organizational systems and structure, as an example, the lowest scores, the lowest indicators were around perform performance evaluation. In other words, people on the team aren't clear about their roles, their responsibilities, what the wins are for their positions. And then secondly, uh, there was a low score for the organization having some way collectively to manage tasks and projects, which again, I think goes to clarity of wins of objectives within our teams. And when we don't have a way to monitor how we're progressing as a team around tasks and projects, there's just going to be more question on the team of where the priorities should be. So these are the these are the lowest scores, again, around kind of performance expectations and evaluation and around how we're managing tasks and projects in the church context within our church teams. And again, I think there's some overlap in both of those indicators that would suggest as leaders, what we need to be considering is how do we clarify objectives and ministry objectives and priorities better? And then how do we keep those objectives in front of our team so that together we can make sure that we're making progress on the priorities that we've identified for our ministry? Yeah, I find this really fascinating because I think this is where the tension can arise in church leaders between, you know, how much are their staff, how much is it good to put numbers as targets you know, do to staff, is that going to demotivate people? Is that going to motivate people? Should we be using numerical factors? What are your thoughts on the kind of the adding numerics to those kind of things? Does it help team team health or do, and organizational health, or does that actually inhibit it? Yeah. And in actuality, neither of those indicators are directly tied to numbers, Chris. It has more but more to um, to do with identifying what are the what are the priority ministry initiatives that we need to be engaging. So looking at our ministry strategies, the vision for the future that we're sensing God's calling us to, 
Um, it, these many times aren't tied directly to numbers. It's actually identifying this is this is a shift in strategy that we need to make. This is a, a priority that we need to engage. And it's just keeping people focused on those goals, not, not necessarily numerical goals. In fact, in many cases, numbers aren't involved at all. So just as an example, let me personalize it to our context at the Unstuck Group. Um, in this last season, we identified, I mean, with so many church leaders not being able to travel, but yet so many questions around how do, how do we engage ministry in this season, we doubled down as a team on certain initiatives related to the content that we were creating for the team and how we were delivering that content to church leaders. And so we tried some new things in this last year. And all of that, uh, it really required our team to rally around those initiatives and to join together and contributing our experiences and our skill sets to see those objectives accomplished. And so for ministries, churches, I'm suspecting that in many cases, those priorities are, are similar in that it's just identifying this is a strategy, an event, a ministry that's worked for us in the past, but in the current context, we're not saying it's, it's actually providing fruit for the ministry that we're engaging and we need to make some shift, some change. And it's identifying those priority changes or initiatives and just making sure the team is focused and then the individuals on the teams are focused as well. Oh, no, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, there's, a, there's a term that you use uh, in your reports, uh, which is, I find really interesting, which is uh, organizational culture. Now, I think most people have heard of that term, but it is actually quite mm -hmm. difficult to describe. And sometimes when you, you know, if you ask people, how, how, what would you describe the culture as? Some people find it quite difficult to give a, an explanation as to what they mean. Uh, what's your definition for a church's organizational culture? Yeah, it's pretty nebulous. And the thing is, when culture is healthy, everybody knows it. And when culture is unhealthy, everybody knows it. Um, however, trying to define it is rather, it's rather challenging. And in my thinking, what's been helpful for me is to consider the culture as a reflection of how we behave and how we interact with each other. And actually it's that focus on behaviors that we have found to be really helpful, especially for church teams. Because in the past, I think the conversation around culture has been more about our values as a team or our values as a church. And the challenge with that for churches is there's always things that we value that um, are actually, they're just going to be a part of every church, like the authority of God's word and prayer and loving Jesus and engaging in a personal relationship with Jesus and all of these things that all of us as believers would agree to. But those things aren't necessarily what make for distinctive culture within the teams, within the churches that we engage. And what we found is by talking less about kind of our core theology and the things we value in our faith and shifting more towards the behaviors that we hope to see as we interact with each other on the team, as we began to kind of shift the conversation in that direction, I think 
teams found it easier to talk about than the culture that they really wanted to create. And so uh, I hope that's helpful, Chris. It's, I'm sure it's still a little bit nebulous, but really I think the focus needs to be, if we want a healthy culture, we, need to, we really need to narrow down on how we interact with each other and how we behave towards each other. Yeah, I, I think that's really interesting because I mean, you're absolutely right. There's so many churches where you say, you know, I, you know, you ask them what are their values, and they'll say, you know, worship, prayer, you know, mm -hmm. the word, and those things don't really help you. They obviously they're great things, and you know, they they make sense in the fact that we value them, but they're not actually they're not helpful in terms of how you live out your the mission of the church. So you know, worship or prayer you know these are activities that you do but it doesn't it's not instructive of of how you can operate how you can live how we live and act in 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 the world and and so you're right the kind of behaviors uh side of things are much more uh much more helpful when you're trying to set a a culture just to dig into that behaviors um could you give me an example of what kind of behaviors you're thinking about is it uh you know I, I guess maybe there's some church leaders that might be thinking okay uh, you know is it like mandating haircuts or those kind of things what kind of <laughs> behaviors you know what kind of behaviors are you looking for uh when you're when, when you're kind of setting them with churches yeah, well, uh, one of them for the Unstuck group, as an example, within our team has to do, uh, it's it's probably coming a lot out of my personality, uh, but the opportunity to make it better, uh, to actually uh, improve. And as a team, we've agreed together, we're always going to be looking for ways to improve what we're doing to serve the churches so that we can help more and more churches get unstuck. And so when we're working with each other too, then we're pushing each other to how can we make improvement, not only our systems and the strategies that we're engaging, but how can we help to improve each other, to encourage development in each other as well. So that's, that's one example within the context of our team of how we've identified a behavior, which we think is distinctive to who we are uh, because we wanna make each other better. And as a result of that, that's shaping the culture within our team. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm thinking of, um, I, I, I did the same activity with my own church. And uh, one of the ones we came up with, which was uh, really pleasing, was uh, to make every hello matter. And uh, I really like that because it was it's instructive to people, you know, on the team, you know, every person that you interact with, that hello really does matter. So, you know, make sure that you, it's making a difference. But it's great for out, outside the church as well. And because now, you know, we can tell our congregation, you know, make every hello matter because every hello really does matter if you're at work or at school or, or wherever you are. You know, every hello can matter and it can make a big difference. And, and I think that's the essence of when we when we talk about behavior. It's not about, you know, mandating haircuts or, you know, mandating. And though some of those things might become helpful at other points, but it's the kind of bigger narrative, the things that really shape who we are, how we operate in the world. I think that that's um, that, that that's really interesting. How do you um, how do you come up with something like that? How do you look at sort of finding um okay, we, we, we've got an idea of some things we think we want to do. Uh, how do you start that process of thinking about uh, those kind of behaviors that you want to get? Yeah, so this is, uh, I mean, it's a component of what we do when we engage with churches. And so there's, a, there's I mean, a relatively uh, in-depth process that we go through 
with the staff leadership team first, just to help them think about the people on their team that they think are elevating not only the health of the team, but the ability of the team to accomplish its mission. We encourage them to think about those key people on their team that are really elevating who the team is. And we start by just encouraging them to think about those people and identifying the behaviors that they see in those folks that are really contributing to the strength of the team. And uh, we just start brain brainstorming a list and then through a series of conversations, help the leadership team kind of narrow that down. And I'd like to keep it uh, five or less. Uh, I think if the list gets too long, even though they may be behaviors that we recognize are important for our culture, if that list gets too long, it just becomes difficult for us to remember. Maybe I'm just talking about me personally. I don't know, Chris. <laughs> uh, but uh, so we try to encourage the team to narrow it down to five or less. And then at, once we identify the behaviors, we try to create some clarifying statements too to, that are associated with each of the behaviors that kind of express this is this is when we know that this behavior is really evident and each person's life within our team. This is, this is the evidence of us seeing that behavior played out within our team dynamic. And, um, you know, from that point, then there's a process of kind of praying through that list and confirming it and further wordsmithing. And then ultimately, um, there's some training. And then I would in, always encourage churches to be looking for catching their teammates actually engaging these culture shaping behaviors and sharing those stories and celebrating those uh, stories with their teammates as well. And so this is one of those things, if you just kind of develop the list and then stick it away in your staff handbook or just print the list and stick it on the office wall, it's probably not going to gain momentum and gain uh, traction within your team, and you're not going to see that culture shift over time. But if it's something that you're continually talking about, sharing stories, celebrating within your team, eventually, we have found this not only begins to shape the culture of the church staff team or volunteer team, but ultimately, this will shape the culture of your congregation as a whole. So when your congregation sees their leaders modeling this and, and acting out uh, through the behaviors that have been identified, eventually that culture will be pervasive throughout the congregation as well. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. This is only halfway through the podcast and you can listen to the full conversation by joining our members podcast. Just go to our website, www.thinking.church and you can sign up to our members podcast there. It only costs the price of one coffee per month. So it's well worth doing. So why not get a coffee, listen to the podcast and learn something new. We'll see you again for this podcast next week. So bye for now.